0: Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Wednesday, June 8th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Louis Reed has resigned as St. Louis Board of Aldermen president following his indictment on federal corruption charges. Alderman Shane Cohn says he's grateful the board can now move forward.
1: There's uh, factions and practices that uh, have kind of been undertaken the last you know, several years that aren't necessarily beneficial to the city. And so I think Yeah, this provides a fresh perspective.
0: Cohn adds he's not rejoicing over the news that Reed is stepping away after more than 20 years in public office. Reed's decision follows days of pressure from several members of the Board of Aldermen. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman has more on what led to the resignation.
2: In a statement, Reed called his 23 years at City Hall the honor of a lifetime. But he acknowledged that his indictment on federal corruption charges made it difficult for him to continue in the role. Third Ward Alderman Brandon Bosley says Reed made the right decision to step down, but he adds the loss of institutional knowledge is a blow for the city.
1: We have a lot of great things coming to the city right now, and a lot of people
2: that have the experience that's needed to help navigate these new horizons, you know, a lot of that knowledge isn't going to be there. In addition to Reed, Jeffrey Boyd has also resigned. He had been on the board for 19 years. Alderman Joe Vollmer will serve as acting president until a special election in November. I'm Rachel Lipman, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: Vollmer is a South St. Louis alderman who is now responsible for assigning bills to committee and voting on key city financial decisions. He says his main goal as board president is to alter perceptions about city government.
1: It's been devastating to me uh, to
0: see
1: these, this occur to and for it
0: should be someone in the general public. I, I can't imagine their thoughts. Vollmer adds he will not run in November's special election for Board of Alderman president. An election for a full four-year term will occur in 2023. In other news, a Republican state senator is dropping out of the race for St. Charles County executive. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum has more on why Bob Onder's decision means the incumbent is likely to win another term.
1: Ander could not run for the Missouri Senate again due to term limits, so he signed up to run against incumbent St. Charles County Executive Steve Ellman. But in a statement released to supporters on Tuesday, Onder said he was dropping out because running is, quote, not in the best interests of our family. Ellman still has to run against Arnie Dinoff in the primary, but has significantly more money in the bank and more name recognition. He was first elected to his post in 2006 and says he will try to continue St. Charles County's growth. No Democrat is running for St. Charles County executive, so if Elman wins on August 2nd, he'll get to serve another four years. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: A former St. Louis County employee has pleaded not guilty to charges that he helped falsify applications from small businesses for COVID relief in exchange for money.
1: How big of a bribe is too big of a bribe for you? Are you
0: cooperating with federal investigators? No comment. It's Anthony Weaver opting not to answer reporters' questions yesterday outside the Eagleton courthouse. Federal prosecutors have unsealed an indictment against him, alleging kickbacks when Weaver worked for Councilwoman Rochelle Walton Gray. He had been with the county's Department of Justice Services, but County Executive Sam Page fired Weaver once the charges became public. It's unclear how much tax relief qualified Missourians would receive from a one-time tax credit. The legislation calls for those who paid income taxes for themselves to be eligible for a credit of up to $500. Joint couples could qualify for up to $1,000. But they all could end up with less because the bill includes an overall set amount of $500 million to pay for the credits. Republican State Senator Dan Hageman says that helps ensure the possibility of another income tax cut.
1: And that would be applied for everybody across the board that pay income taxes to the state of Missouri.
0: Governor Mike Parson has some concerns about the bill and has not signed it. The governor has signed legislation shielding health care providers who prescribe Invermectin or hydroxychloroquine to treat COVID-19. The Missouri Independent reports the measure says lawfully prescribing those medications for human use cannot lead to discipline by the State Board of Registration for the Healing Arts or Board of Pharmacy. The Food and Drug Administration has cautioned people to avoid taking those medications as COVID treatments. Hi, this is Shula Newman. You've likely heard Wayne
2: refer to me at the end of The Gateway. Well, I am real. And I'm interrupting this podcast to remind you that the excellent journalism you hear every day on The Gateway is only possible because people like you are willing to give financial support to St. Louis Public Radio. Please do your part to support our journalism. It's simple to do. Just go to stlpr.org. Thank you. And now back to Wayne.
0: Agriculture is a major emitter of greenhouse gases, and that's driving climate change. As reporter Eve Abrams explains, some farmers are taking on the issue by planting cover crops to help keep climate-warming carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere.
2: Dave Bishop has been farming in Atlanta, Illinois, since 1978. His organic farm, Prairie Earth, grows wheat and all kinds of vegetables, like kale, beets, tomatoes. Dave grows crops every month of the year, but the farms surrounding him in every direction don't.
1: From spring through October, you see something green and growing. Other six months of the year, the factory's doors are shut.
2: Meaning nothing's growing, no plants sucking
1: up carbon. We operate the land for six months and then we just let it sit there bare naked and wash away. Now tell me how that makes any sense. What other business operates like that?
2: Dave's answer to this naked, underutilized land is cover crops. His mix includes two kinds of clover, cereal rye, hairy vetch, buckwheat, and field peas. Like all plants, Dave's cover crops take the one thing we really don't need in our atmosphere, the biggest contributor to the warming of our planet, carbon dioxide. They take it out of our air and hold it
1: in their cells and the soil. Your cover crops are an example of how you're taking green matter, carbon essentially, which is what it's all made up of. And you're keeping it here, you're not letting go of it.
2: Now, there are other plants that sink carbon continuously without having to be planted each year, trees. Ben Brownlow farms in Rutledge, Missouri on Fox Holler Farmstead, where he raises pigs, turkeys, ducks, chickens, goats, cows, and trees.
1: One poorly timed flood, or drought can sink somebody who's raising a field of corn or a field of beans. Trees, once they're established, can weather that a lot better.
2: Ben's trying to figure out how to sink the most carbon into the ground while raising food.
1: If I fall down and get eaten by the pigs tomorrow, the trees are still going to continue the work that I started. They are more dedicated to sequestering carbon than I am. And like... There's something poetic about planting trees, right? We're standing in the shade
2: under a bunch of trees, hazelnuts, Asian pears, apples, and chestnuts.
1: If you're trying to sequester as much carbon with a piece of land as possible in our climate, this sort of temperate North American climate, a 20% canopy to 80% grass has the most photosynthetic surface.
2: For those of you who don't speak plant, that's 20% tree canopy and 80% grasses or what-have-you underneath in order to capture and sink the maximum amount of carbon. Ben says sinking carbon is the best way to offset agriculture's greenhouse gas emissions, which account for 10% of total U.S. emissions. So Ben is experimenting, trying
1: to figure out... How we can save ourselves from the climate catastrophe that is inevitable. But there's also like, what are the positive things we can do to sink carbon into the soil? Most farmers aren't actively trying to
2: sequester carbon. In fact, nationally, only 4% of U.S. cropland has cover crops. When it comes to trees, we don't know exactly how many farmers are planting them. Last month, the U.S. Department of Agriculture concluded a survey from 11,000 farmers and ranchers to find out more.
1: Regardless of what that data shows,
2: Ben says he'll keep experimenting with
1: trees. That stuff is exciting for me. It's overwhelming to think how many people would have to do that at what scale um, to make a dent. But, you know, that keeps me um, from being too depressed to think about, about those possibilities.
2: Carbon sequestering isn't a magic bullet. But nearly half of U.S. land is used for agriculture, which means farmers have the potential to make a very big impact. For the Food and Environment Reporting Network, I'm Eve Abrams.
0: This report comes from Hot Farm, a new podcast from the Food and Environment Reporting Network about agriculture and climate change. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener supported service of the University of Missouri St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association.